Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you're a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared, or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We are here to talk about what movie is this? Jacob's Jacob. Ladder. <laughs> Jacob's Ladder. I was about to say the movie for next week. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but first we have a guest with us today. A very, very special. The specialist of all special guests. Well, he's the one who makes this happen. Yeah. Without him, literally, you would you would have heard nothing thus far. Yes. So, welcome, Victor, my boyfriend. Hello. You sound really excited, <laughs> excited to, be to be here. I am. Well, he's just—he's holding himself so carefully so his chair doesn't squeak. Well, like, I didn't, have to, in, I didn't hello, have to invite myself hello. this time, so yeah. I'm really happy. Yeah, yeah well, we invited you. Yeah, he made it so clear last time that Katie kind of too long. Yeah, Katie kind of forced it on Meredith, so I'm very happy. Victor, for Victor, do you want to come? What? Oh. Yeah, because well, you just said that you were going to make him watch this because he'd never seen it. I was like, well, if you're already making him watch it. No, I think it's fun, but except he has things to say about it, and I don't like that. But yeah. I've got my opinions. So the invitation was almost <laughs> rescinded. <laughs> rescinded. I almost invited our guest for next week yeah. to come tonight, right. but he couldn't make it because he, he's busy. I think. I don't know. Um, anyway, so I'm supposed to go like within in the what's new with you oh yeah and nobody's section. even asking you you're having to ask yourself I'm asking myself. hey babe what's what's new with you um i mean honestly I he been, should know he lives with you yeah well i've been uh setting up my classroom last week i shared that it was a hot mess because mm-hmm. it was like all under construction and it's still actually in construct under construction still today i went and checked it out today because i had some prep work to do and um, they're still working on finishing my bathroom, which is super fun when you have one four-year-old has to go potty, there's no toilet, and uh, we have to figure it out. You know, it's like... How okay. far is the next closest bathroom to your it's classroom? It's like a trek. It's yeah. like a few minutes walk with really short leg, legged children. Well, well, while, holding, while crossing your legs and trying well, not to... Well, they're like, I have to go potty. And I'm like... I'm glad you're listening to your body. And other kids are like, I need to go potty too. And I'm like, well, I guess we're all going. <laughs> so they're like, really like cute. ladies in the club. I know they're they're super cute. They're tiny, tiny, tiny. They still have like their baby fat in their cheeks. Yeah. And they're like, excuse me, teacher. Do you, like, do you pinch the cheeks like an old Italian mom? I can't do that. Yeah, that's a <laughs> I want to. <laughs> Also, um, I forgot this because um, I had randomly had turned this on a few weeks ago. Um, I think it's Car. Who was it? He uh, John Carpenter, I think. No, is it the him? dead guy? The <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, wink. But his uh, vampires movie with the James Woods, and I oh, yeah. almost chose that instead of Dracula. And boy, am I glad I did not because. I had to turn it off halfway through because really? I was like, "This is so boring and I hate it." Oh no. So, 
uh, you know, I'm glad we went with the other. So I, I made that realization uh, and I had to share share that. Yeah, with. to protect our listeners from making <laughs> the same mistake you did. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is bad. You're and like the big sister that goes out and does all the drugs and gets arrested so that the younger children can learn from your mistakes. Or the younger children can get away scot-free because your parents are so tired of dealing with your shit. Can you tell who in this couple. relationship is the oldest and who is the youngest? Yeah. I was the oldest and it was, I was poor the shit. Youngest. You, and it was glorious. Both, I was, not only was I the youngest, I was the only girl. Whatever. Anyway. I was the youngest and only boy. Yeah. It's oh. a pretty sweet deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You guys are the worst. Okay, Katie, what's new with you? Ah, um, kind of same. I started school this week as well. Um, Meredith and I both started on the same day and, um, you know, kind of supported each other via via text. But uh, my room was not under construction, so it wasn't quite as traumatic an experience. Um, and my students are 11, so they can hold their pee-pee better. <laughs> they listen to their bodies. They listen better. to their bodies. Um, Thank yeah, the no. Lord for that. They, I mean, Do they, they definitely... know how to use scissors and glue. <laughs> I mean, the ones I have this year, yes. Mm, um, the okay. ones I had last year knew how to use them to assault each other. Oh, and and do no, oh, no. You know, horrible things. Um, but no, I have I have an amazing class this year. I have only sixteen kids, which I was just telling Meredith a few minutes ago. Is I feel like that's how it should be. Um, in every classroom, because that's that's a, a good ratio for being able to actually give them the level of attention that you would want. Um, and so, yeah, it was a pretty, it was three half days with my little tiny class of, of 16. And then um, on Friday, though, we did switch around and I got my class from last year back for just a, like half an hour with each of them. And it reminded me like how truly insane they really were, but also wonderful and fun um, because I wasn't trying to teach them anything. So we just got to like have a little reunion. Um, I was telling Katie, she's like the fun aunt who's like, hey, everybody, bye. Oh, let's have fun. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They came in and they were like, oh my God, like so, so, your room looks so different and everything. And then we like went through my slideshow of like what the subject's going to be like this year. And then I, they were like, can you play Sweet Caroline for us? Because that was one of the songs that we used to listen to while they were doing their handwriting. I was like, all right. Because then they just like it because they yell the lyrics and bang on their desks for like the pump pump pump. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, feel sorry for the classroom below us, but yes, we'll do that. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it's just one song. They'll live. <laughs> well, that sounds uh, very nice and it's a nice welcome back and um, a good start to the year, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, How about you, Victor? What's new with you? Uh, spent a lot of time in Meredith's classroom. Oh, and I meant to say... That I couldn't have done it without my boyfriend helping me. Mm. He like moved, he, we came in and it was a, a shit show basically because they took all the second grade furniture and put it into my classroom. Oh my God. So all the second grade desks were in the preschool room mm -hmm. basically. And then I told the movers and they're like, well, we can't move it now. So we, Victor and I and my oh, other no. friend, Tanisha, we moved all the stuff out. And just to start, it was like, Crazy, so. You should have totally wrenched your yeah. back and gotten workman's comp. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my back. Well, that was the day she wasn't technically getting paid to work, so I don't think that would have worked. Oh. Yeah, a workman's comp doesn't apply when you're not on the clock. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, just... So he helped me a ton. <laughs> yeah. Just helping her out, and 
enjoying the new season of what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, we're big fans in this house, and uh, I have to force Meredith to watch it on Wednesdays when she forgets and is tired. And I'm like, stay awake, and I'm taping her eyes yeah. open. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Meredith, I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like spraying me with a water bottle like a cat. He's like, wake up! And I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, it's not because I don't want to watch it. It's just I'm exhausted. Yeah, Wednesdays are rough. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Tiring. But other than that, just uh, normal work. I, I don't, uh, I don't teach, so I don't have to worry about the uh, joy, bodily functions the, of other people. Yeah, the bodily functions of the of the <laughs> childrens. Um, just this, just our dog when you let her out yeah, to go potty. Just taking care of our little puppy, our our little sweet baby angel. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it. Kind of the same. Yeah. Summer, summer's over, so we're we're done with our trips, and mm-hmm. it's back to reality. And I'm out of PTO, so I'm just like, okay, yeah. it's time to work. Yeah, I have yeah. a little countdown thing in my classroom, like these little bricks, and uh, I had to set it up when I was, you know, getting the classroom ready right before the year started, and I was like. 15 weeks until fall break. <laughs> she just started and you're already counting it I'm down. already depressed. No, and I got to flip it over because this, for even though this was a short week, it still counted. And so I already flipped it down to 14. But this is like, this is rough. Like the beginning of the school year to Thanksgiving and then back from Christmas to spring break are the two like... You know, almost the like you. Track. There's the no horizon. Like you look off into the horizon, and there's no end of school in sight. Well, because you don't have a break in February. No, we don't have like a ski week or a winter break like yeah. um, some of the other schools do. It's called President's Week now, so it's not as pretentious sounding. Even, yeah. even though my ex <laughs> takes my children skiing, they're like, "We're going skiing," and I'm like, "Well, f- have fun." <laughs> don't Honor break the any bones. Well, no, and I mean, we usually get a four-day weekend on President's Day weekend, but it's not like a full week like our spring break is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then the flip side of that is like, you know, so now I have 14 weeks until Thanksgiving, but then we come back from Thanksgiving and we have like two weeks of school. Yeah. And one of them nice. barely counts because it's like we've got our Christmas show crap Doing going fun on. fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there's a payoff. That, that's what makes the 14-week the um, mm-hmm. sentence seem livable. Yeah, sure. Not bad. I mean, and also there's Labor Day. That yeah, counts a little. That's a little sprinkle. Yeah, the kids a, get a, nice... a four day weekend, Labor Day weekend, but that's because we teachers have a development on the Friday before. Oh, I actually like PD. It's like I get to wear my murderino shirts with yeah. like my other coworkers. This is religious PD. See, we don't do that. We're Lame. Doing... <laughs> we're like learning something, like some sort of data stuff, yeah. and, and we're like wearing murder shirts and. No, we're public praying. school, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it has its advantages. <laughs> so, Katie is doing our summary for Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, and uh, I'm stoked to hear it. <laughs> You're like, tell me all about this movie. Tell me I all love. about the movie that I love. Yeah, well, because this was, you know, obviously Meredith's suggestion because she's been a big fan of it for a really long time, but neither Victor and I had ever seen it. Yeah. Um, I, I try to watch it around every spooky season. Yeah. You know, because it's that and Rosemary's Baby and a few others are, are in my rotations. go-tos. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, it was kind of fun to be watching it for the first time and also writing the recap at the same time because, you know, it caused me to pay very close attention. Yeah. Um, so it uh, opens on army helicopters in Vietnam, as every good horror movie should. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it cuts to some listless soldiers sitting and laying around on the ground. 
that's all, you know, kind of standard Vietnam. They're all being filthy and gross. Yep, joking around, uh, but their moment of levity is interrupted by reports of enemy activity, and before they know it, um, some of the soldiers start experiencing unexplained uh, symptoms of sickness, um, and then a firefight starts um, during the firefight, so pretty much the whole unit is wiped out, except for Jacob, our, our titular character, Jacob, um, who's played by the adorable Tim Robbins. I mean, he's so his hair is so floppy in this movie. It really is. It's the floppiest you can imagine. Yeah. He's, he, he looks pretty good in this, I, I have to say. Yeah, I love him in, in this role and as Andy Dufresne in, um, yeah, Shawshank. in Shawshank, yeah. too. Um, yeah, so his name is Jacob, but really throughout the movie, they refer to him mostly as Jake. Um so he, uh, you know, escapes from the immediate vicinity uh, into the jungle, but suddenly he's stabbed with a bayonet um, from something from someone off camera um, and jolts awake on a subway train, clutching the sight of this old wound in his torso. Um, and I was telling Meredith this last night that when she was doing the recap of Paranormal Activity and she found as she was writing it that she was constantly writing like, Katie cries, Mika comforts her. Katie cries, Mika comforts her. Um, while I was writing this recap, I was constantly like, he's jolted awake. He wakes in this new place. And he wakes up. He wakes up here. He wakes up there. He starts startles awake. <laughs> That's like a lot of what, what uh, Jake is doing in, through the he's course like, of this movie. Ah, 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 where am I now? Um, so this, this first time we see him jolting awake, he's on a subway train. Um, and as he moves to exit the train, he glances at this bum sleeping across some seats and glimpses this weird leathery tail-like thing writhing under the coat of this of this person. And you're just kind of like, wait, I'm sorry, what the fuck? And it's like you do a double take. You're like, wait, go, was, uh-huh, what uh-huh. was that? Is that just your crazy brain making stuff yeah. up? Or? But see, he exits the train um, and he's out on the station and, you know, some gates are chained. He's trying to get past them to get to where his exit is. He crosses the tracks um, and in doing so, is almost hit by another train and as it pulls past he sees eerie faces of creepy passengers through the windows like they almost look a little slender man ish mm-hmm. like kind of featureless yeah they um, remind me of silent hill a lot the video the video yeah. game silent hill. or like the rorschach the character in the original um you know what watchman watchman, watchman movie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah just yeah. very amorphous faces yeah. mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all of the people on this train that um, is you know almost hits him uh, look like that. Uh, so he arrives home at his apartment to his dog Chester and his girlfriend Jezzy. So her name is Jezebel. We learn later, but they call her Jezzy the whole time. Um, and the couple begin to get busy in the shower, and suddenly we're back in Nam with a wounded Jacob for just a moment until he jolts awake again in bed the next morning. <laughs> Um, so he, you know, we're like seeing this, this guy, our first take is like, okay, well, he's a war vet who, you know, is probably has PTSD and he suffers from these flashbacks. It seems like on the reg. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the next morning, Jesse, uh, gives him an envelope of photos that she says that his ex-wife sent over. I'm like, okay, so he's been married. Um, and there's some reference to his sons. Um, he's joyfully looking through the photos until he stops on one of this sweet little boy that is the cutest, tiniest little Macaulay Culkin mm-hmm. that you have ever seen. Like, this is the Macaulay Culkin that you wanted to come in your McDonald's Happy Meal. Like, mm-hmm. he was so <laughs> adorable. Like, littler than Home Alone. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like wee, tiny, years. little, blondest, blonde Macaulay Culkin. When I saw the picture, because as you said, I'd never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that 
Is that Macaulay Culkin? Like, oh, how cute. He's a little miniature one. <laughs> it's like he's a child star, and then sometimes you see him, and he's like even younger than you're used to seeing him. Yeah. It was adorable. Um, and so we learned that this uh, precious little um, towhead is uh, Jake's son, Gabe, who has died at some point in the past. And uh, Jake begins to cry. And Jesse responds very helpfully by incinerating the photos. <laughs> <laughs> like, She's like, I don't like things that make you cry. Yeah. And then he's like, I wasn't crying. <laughs> and he, like, he manages I'm to snag crying, the, the, the little picture <laughs> of Gabe, but she takes the rest of the photos and dumps them in the There's incinerator. Right in the fire. She's spicy. Wait, we were going to find out. Oh, yeah. Um, so next we're, we're going to learn that he works as a driver for the post office and that Jesse works there, too. Um, but today Jake is cutting out of work early to go see his chiropractor, whose name is Lewis. Lewis is also a friend. And while he's getting his chiropractic adjustment, they're talking about Jake's ex-wife, Sarah. And we, um, you know, in their conversation, we learned that Jake earned his Ph.D. before he went to Vietnam. Um, but after he came back, he, quote, didn't want to think anymore. And so that's why he went to work for the Postal Service. Wait, I thought it was after. Was it not? After it what? It was before Vietnam. That's okay. why in, in that they scene... They were calling him they, Doc when he yeah, was in... Yeah, they called him Doc or gotcha. the professor yeah, yeah, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so also during this chiropractic adjustment, Jake has another flash of a memory from Vietnam. Um, and then after he leaves the appointment, he's almost run down while he's walking the street um, by this car that's just like like gunning for him. And when he finally like dives out of the way and it, you know, f- like blazes by, there are more of these creepy faceless people uh, mm-hmm. riding in the car that he sees through the and windows. And they kind of remind me of the the scream yeah, painting, the, the ghost. Where they have like their oh, face the hands actual up, painting. Like, yeah, yeah, the paint where Lynch. they have like their hands up and they're like kind of like looking out and being just like creepy and weird. Yeah, cause, yeah, because they are like yeah. looking out the window mm-hmm. like toward him. They're yeah. not just like in the car. And it's it's just uh, really and deeply unsettling. Yeah, yeah, it's not cool. Um, so um, after that, he's trying to visit his VA doctor, um, but he's at the the building and the receptionist doesn't recognize the doctor's name that he's giving. Can't find Jake's name in any of their files, um, even though he tells her that he's been coming there for years and um, he's getting really angry with the nurse. And then suddenly, like, her cap falls off and he sees this gross protuberance sticking out of her scalp through her hair. Horns? Like, yeah, like some... Was, was it horns? Horns. Well, yeah, I thought it was, it was just horns. one. I thought it, he was. she was like a Teletubby that just had like <laughs> one thing like coming out of the middle of her hair. It looked like two big... Something gnarly, something yeah, was horns, happening. Double horns. Um, on her head. Uh, and so when he sees that shit, he just takes off running down the hall. Um, as one would. As one and would. she gets pissed. Who he, among us? He starts like running back to the area where you're supposed to be like have permission to go right so right he's trying to run, she's that. telling him that his doctor doesn't work there and so he's like i know where the office is and so when he um runs he's running toward where he knows um this doctor's office to be and security's chasing him but he makes it to the office um only to find out from a man that's in there that his doctor had died recently in a mysterious car explosion um, so he gets back home later on. He's trying to explain the strange things that has been happening and that he's been seeing to Jesse, but she totally like writes them off. She's like, if I can't set fire to it, it's a problem I'm not interested in hearing about. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're just like freak. You're like freaked out. Yeah. She's supremely. Unhelpful. This is fine. Yeah. So <clears throat> she figures, I mean, you know, naturally then the, the solution to the problem is to go to a house party. So. Well, she always has her top off all the time. She's like, this is fine. 
Sure enough, tits fly, flying. Tits McGee. Yeah, as we were watching Little it, I was just tits. like, you can tell it's a 90s movie because the the woman lead is just topless as no much as possible for no reason. Like 60%. Yeah. Yeah, why not? She's like a little Miss per- Perky Boob. Yeah, I mean, maybe she. Um, maybe that was like her direction. Like the directors were actually like, um, Elizabeth, can you close your top? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's open or I don't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so yeah, Dick, she comforts him in other ways. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, and what's funny is the last movie I did with you guys, the only other one was mm-hmm. Dracula, where there was just tits out all the time. <laughs> It, yeah, I'm, I don't know. If this we is, make, this have is strange. Sort of, oh, me like, now. There's tits in this movie. <laughs> Who should we invite to talk about it? Well, I'm an ass man, so it doesn't even make sense. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> well, we'll try and remember that for the next ass horror movie. That yeah. We, not one, I know, nothing I, immediately I'm, I'm comes to my mind. Brain. I'll have to look at I'll have to think about it. <laughs> what what, what mo- horror movies have, like, a I, lot, God, a lot I have ass. such a hard time saying horror without saying horror. Horror movies. Have well, and ass. oftentimes when it's ass, it's it's male. You know, because with nothing fem- wrong with a nice male ass. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when you said you were an ass man, I assumed that we were referring predominantly to female. I don't discriminate. Okay. A good ass is a good ass. I mean, know? I guess that's your asses are genderless. Yeah. An ass is an ass. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> well, moving on. Well, um, well, since we're on this little tangent, I want to say, you know the, the face that you're talking about? The the weird, creepy faces? Yeah, yeah. It actually reminded me of the... Have you seen Spirited Away, the Miyazaki movie? No. Okay, have you, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. The, 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 oh, the, no, the no one? face. Yeah, the yes. animated okay. one. Yeah, the, the, no. the no face character? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I can see that too, yeah. for sure. He's wearing a mask mm-hmm. in that, but like it's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah, super. Yeah. It's just creepy. It's weird. It, yeah, it's supposed to be unsettling. Featureless faces are creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you don't trust. You them. don't want to see in a dark alley, like where you know, or in the in the car trying the, to run you down in the sewers. Yikes! I'm showing Katie the picture. Of, yeah, of no, no and I, I think, yeah. I think some of my students were like drawing that a lot last year. I've, yeah, I've it's very, it's a very, it's super yeah. popular. Fam- You'll always see movie. like a stuffy Miyazaki's or like great. shirts yeah. with that on it. Yeah, so. really, it's 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 really cool. But continue. <laughs> right, where were we? Oh yes, uh, so house they're party. Uh, yeah they're <laughs> heading to a house party because that's going to solve all their problems. Um, and at the party, Jake is coaxed into having his palms read by a v- extremely flirty Esipatha Merkinson, mm-hmm. which I'm like, law and order, baby. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. I, I, recognize I do not her. recognize this person. Oh, she's yeah. in a lot of stuff. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so she tells him that according to his lifeline on his hand, he's already dead. You're already dead, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry, what now? And he's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Gee. Oh, and he, like, flopped his hair to the all, side. Like, she was all flirty. Yeah, she's she like, was. She's like, already did, baby. And he's like, oh, who did <laughs> She wants to get busy with him. Do you want to see me naked or something? <laughs> <laughs> and his girlfriend's like, are you flirting? Psh, whatever. <laughs> she's like, oh, no, my top's open again. Oh, no. <laughs> Take me fly out. Um, yeah, so she's she's been dancing. She uh, convinces him to come on the dance floor with her, but on the dance floor, he becomes overstimulated, you know, as one can. He's also not a good dancer, so. No, well, he's he's too tall. Yeah. Really tall, guys. It takes tall. a little bit of effort, a little extra effort to not look gangly and awkward he when like you're trying to He, like, swung his arms a little bit. He's like, dude, oh, oh. And she's like, 
Bye. <laughs> Looks like an epileptic on me. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as he, you know, starts to get overstimulated by all of the activity and the lights and the music and everything around him, and he starts hallucinating some upsetting uh, things around him, and he uh, like finally... Like the moving head. <laughs> oh, yeah, so the, the man that was grinding up on Jesse, like... It was like he developed a like a tail, like a T Rex tail that was like coming between her legs and there's like a weird I totally thought bat it was tentacles. Wing. Tentacles, something Tentacle, like that. Yeah. Bat wings. Wings. Yeah. See, there was claws. some gnarly and it was like because it was like the flashing lights and the, the quick shots and cuts and everything, like you didn't you couldn't really tell what it was. And that, I had that, no idea. Yeah, yeah. That kind of that makes it more scary. Just like the faceless uh-huh. people, like not being able to see exactly what it is is Meredith's favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. And, also, and it yeah. looked like she was having a really good time until... Uh, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, also, there's a guy in the corner who's, like, staring at him, and he was staring at him, and, like, he, his head just started, like, yeah. doing that weird, crazy, that shaking, like, thing, which is... Yeah. Uh, you were like, oh, who's that guy in the and corner? Humane. Like, he's mysterious. And then it's, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, yeah, doing that crazy shaky face, shaky thing. thing. And you're like, oh, my God, maybe he's not even real. And you're like, ugh, stop <laughs> it. Just stop. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Nobody likes you. Ew. Um, so Jake succumbs to a panic attack and collapses. Um, at home, Jesse's hella pissed. Like, She's that, like you know, he ruined so her good time until she realizes that Jake has a temperature of 106. Like, he's running this insane fever, even least, though he says that he's freezing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so she puts him in an ice bath with the help of this weird army of neighbors. Like she goes into the hall and she's like, bah, give me all your ice. And there's got, like this yeah. old bitch. And then like these two young guys, like all these people, these characters that have never been introduced are all like in the bathroom oh. with her helping like force him into this ice bath. Is it one Kathy Bates? No. No, that's no. later. Kathy Bates, no, Kathy Bates is not in there. I'm tripping. You're tripping. <laughs> I think though, it's like, she's seemed to me that she's like not a big giant tall lady so yeah she no she's tiny. like she couldn't and like, he was fighting it because he, he said like, yeah. he was cold he's like and i'm so not he getting in get there it. and she's like he's a good big giant man and she yeah. can't push pull him into the um ice yeah. bath so it became a crazy well also, pushing him down into that bath all these people yeah like pull, like firemen kind of in yeah, a way yeah. like p- picking him up and throwing him in but there. also this was a time when like people knew their neighbors and liked them generally Especially so, in New know. York, I guess you know everybody. You, know, you scream down the hall like, help me, help me. They're going to help you because they're like, oh, there's, you know, we're, we're your neighbors. Of course, we're going to help you. Nowadays, it's like, you know, if your neighbor comes up to your door, you're like, why are you here? Don't don't answer it. <laughs> I mean, turn really? off the lights. No, I'm yeah. kidding. But I, I, I have a hard time imagining that there was ever a time because where's the set in New York City? <laughs> Or it's some very know. urban center. Haven't you watched Apartment I Love Complex. Lucy? They all know yeah, their neighbors. Yeah, they all know each other. Yeah, this, the is, this is in 1990, not 1950. Yep. I think that, like, neighbor <laughs> hatred started in, like, the 2000s. Mm. Where, like, not necessarily hatred, but just, like, ignorance of, of the people around you. I don't know. They already had it when they were filming Friends in the 90s. Not knowing people. In any case, I mean, I don't know. I didn't have much time, uh, hard time suspending disbelief in that case. I mean... In the 80s, people are, weren't on their phones all the time. They probably had to, like, actually talk to each other. You can't yeah. be, like, looking at your phone oh, in gross. the elevator, <laughs> right? You had to be, like, maybe a big giant-ass newspaper or, like, a big book. But, like, you have, you're forced into, like, interacting with people. So I guess I could see it. it I think one of the reasons, one of the things that made it seem a little, like, odd 
more odd to me was because in this sequence of scenes, like everything that he was seeing on the dance floor and then, you know, him having this bizarre fever and all these things, like uh, you're starting to kind of suspect that this, there's something wrong here. Like not necessarily that this isn't reality, but that weird shit's happening. And so like maybe all these rando people is like are part of that weird shit somehow. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like a cult. Like a cult? It's witches. Um, So uh, they get him into the ice bath, um, but in the next scene, he wakes up um, in a different bed from his bed that he shares with Jesse, and he's next to Sarah, his ex-wife. But he's still cold um, because the window's open. So he starts sleepily mumbling to Sarah about a dream that he was having about living with another woman, Jezebel from the post office. And Mm -hmm. so now you're like, wait, oh my God. Has this all been a dream so far? His life with her because he's actually still with Sarah, mm-hmm. and like he was dreaming about her because he knows her from work. And like this is this started to give me a little bit of Total Recall vibes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know because he like uh, he thought he was having dreams about this woman because of the implant from Recall, but it turned out he was having memories of her because he actually already knew her. Yeah. Um, before his memory got wiped or whatever, so it's totally trippy. It's very you're like oh, wait. Yeah. When I first saw this, which was years ago, I'm like, oh okay, so that was all a dream of some kind yeah. and this is his reality. Okay. And yeah, yeah, it definitely like kind of puts you off balance mm-hmm. like this shift. Um, and, uh, so they're still laying in bed and next in walks little adorable Gabe who needs to be tucked back into bed. And so Jake takes Gabe back to his bedroom and tucks him in, um, in the same bedroom with Gabe's older twin brothers, Jed and Eli. So we're like, oh, so he's, you know, he's married to Sarah. He's got these three little boys and like he, that was all just a dream. But what about Vietnam? You like really don't know what's going Mm -hmm. on at this point. Um, so he goes back to bed alongside Sarah and <gasps> awakens mm-hmm. <laughs> in the bathtub full of melted ice. Um, but then he flashes back to his evacuation from Vietnam after his wounding. And then he awakens in bed with Jesse again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are all like really quick turnarounds from from scene to scene. Um, and Jesse's telling him about his ravings during the night that he was talking to Sarah and he was talking to his kids. She says, quote, even the dead one. And so now you're like, oh, no. So when he was with Sarah and Gabe and the boys, that was the dream. And this is reality. Yeah. Um, and Jesse tells him that the doctor has said that he has a virus, that that was the cause of this fever. Um, but naturally, now he begins to research witches and demonology. Um, and he won't leave the apartment. <laughs> He's like got his pile, stack of books, the requisite hey, he stack of books. He went to the store that Rosemary went to. Yep, and yeah. Rosemary's baby. And We're all like, the... give me what she got. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I need. Me, I need get all the same books. All the good stuff. <laughs> all of them, witches, satanic Bible. I need all of that shit. Yeah. Um, and so he's been, you know, pouring over these books and everything and not leaving the apartment. And Jesse's getting pissed. She's trying to get him to stop and to get outside. And he's resisting. And in her anger, she briefly presents with these blackout eyes and these fangs. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? And then she storms out. He, like, pushes her away. And she's like, fuck you. Yeah. Because like, he's like, ah. And then she looks normal again. So yeah. You he's like, demon. Oh, wait. Ah. You don't know if <laughs> I mean, he more, like, threw her up. across the room. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a big I mean, her top guy. flew right open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a nipple flew out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So after she leaves, um, he gets a call from Paul, who's one of his buddies from Vietnam. 
uh, they meet up and Paul shares that he's also seeing demons. Um, so they're commiserating about this. And Paul indicates that he believes that what's happening, um, what they're seeing, was related to the attack that they experienced in Vietnam. Um, and after they leave the bar, Paul gets into his car and turns the ignition and the car explodes. Yeah, it's crazy. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Haven't we already heard about a mysterious car explosion in this story? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The Pentagon's involved. Yeah. It's MKUltra. <laughs> Goes all the way to the top. It's the government. Um, but a man that we had noticed earlier inside the bar pulls Jake away from the burning car, but then he runs off. You know, he so was also in the alley when yeah, he almost he, got run over, too. Yes, he was the one that yelled to Jake you that know, the car was, was going to run him over earlier. Um, so then next we're at the, the funeral for Paul. Um, and so obviously all of the guys from their Vietnam unit um, are there together. And Jake shares with all of them what Paul had said with the with the other guys. And most of them, we found out most of them, except for one, have all seen things, too. They're all kind of commiserating, like, yeah, yeah. I've been dealing with the same shit. Like, yeah. it's it's been really crazy, and they're having a really hard time grappling with this crazy stuff. And one thing I did, like, so the actor that played um, Paul, um, I reckon he was in that movie Identity with John Cusack. And he has this really, like, this ability to really, like, dart his eyes around very quickly. Oh, I know who you're talking about. He's yeah. in a lot of stuff. A yeah. A ton of stuff. I looked him up on IMDb after, um, and yeah, I was reading, it's like, he has a really impressive resume, but the only other thing I'd ever seen him in was Identity. Mm-hmm. But he's really good. Yeah, he's great. Um, and we have a celebrity in the next scene as well, when the all of the guys from the army unit seek help from a lawyer named Geary, who's played by Jason Alexander. And he's like eating chips, and he's like, "What well, you have? To, you're gonna have to do a sworn affidavit." <laughs> <laughs> eating the chips. <laughs> that sounds exactly <laughs> like <laughs> him. <laughs> eating those Fritos. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Geary, um, so they go to him. They want to find out the truth about what happened um, when they were in Vietnam and to potentially file a class action lawsuit against the army for whatever, you know, the attack actually consisted of. Um, but soon after, like, they all think that this is the agreement and they're moving forward with that. But soon after, Geary backs out um, at, because uh, he says that all the other soldiers all pulled out of the case. Um, and so Jake is like, what the fuck? So he goes and, and as trying to find out from them to, he can't get any real answers from them as to why they're refusing to participate anymore. Um, but then when he, uh, asks Gary about it, uh, Gary tells him that the army said that he and his friends never even went to Vietnam. Yeah. Um, and that they were all Crazy. discharged from the army on, um, psychological grounds. Yeah, and you said you guys were doing, like, war games in Thailand. Something, like, yeah. not actually in Vietnam. Right. So he, um, and he's like, uh, no. We he's were like, I'm <laughs> sorry, oh, what now? <laughs> that was crazy. Um, so then when Jake leaves the building after getting this information from Geary, he's, like, kind of muscled into a car and then beaten and driven away. And while um, the car is driving, the two men in there are pressuring him to stop pursuing, um, you know, the, the truth, essentially, about what had happened to them. Um, but Jake is is fighting like hell, and he ends up actually busting out of the moving car and landing like semi conscious in the gutter, and gets mugged by a Salvation Army Santa. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Typical, typical Santa. Um, so he, you know, he's collected and taken to a hospital. They don't know who he is because he doesn't have his ID, and he passes out during the and initial he's like, exam. Santa Claus robbed me. Santa, Santa Claus. And they were like, okay, this guy's like, this guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so he passes out um, while they're um, first examining him, and when he awakens, his gurney is being wheeled into what seems like this, like, messed up, foul psych ward. Like, like American Horror Story Asylum psych mm-hmm. ward. Like, amputees Limbs and, and everywhere. cages and just, like... N- More of that, like head shaking stuff yeah yeah and like Those random things. people standing around in straight jackets and like it's all filthy and it's just it's really horrifying Insane. and he's being like wheeled through this space on this gurney um and the the longer that they are wheeling him through this space like the more horrific the sights become you start seeing like body parts laying on the mm-hmm. floor and like puddles of blood everywhere and you're like okay this is this hell. is not this, this is, is not hell. it's okay. a chop shop for humans oh very, uh, very descriptive. Yeah. Um, so uh, he ends up in an operating room and there's this team of uh, doctors that are all standing around completely silent to preparing him for some kind of procedure. And among them is Jesse. She's like wearing hospital scrubs and she's got the little wrap thing on her head or whatever. And she's just standing there with all of these doctors. Um, and one doctor tells him that he's dead. He's like, hey, sorry, but what are you worried about? You're already dead. And then another uh, doctor appears who has no eyes mm-hmm. and jabs uh, Jake in the forehead with this giant syringe. Mm-hmm. And I bet you're not going to be able to guess what happens next. He wakes up. He fights them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he wakes up again in a hospital recovery room. Mm-hmm. No, no syringe in his head. He's just in a normal hospital room. Yeah, his face looks normal. Yeah. And he's being visited by Sarah and the twins, Jed and Eli. Mm-hmm. And you're like... At this point, I was like, okay, so is this, like, divorced Sarah who's coming to see him anyway just because he's her ex and the father of her kids and he's in the hospital? Or are we flashing back to a reality where they're still together, but Gabe isn't there? So is he not there just because he's not there? Is it because he's died? And so you're like, Mm -hmm. really? You have no fucking idea what's going on. Um, And so Sarah tells him that he's just hurt his back. um, And it kind of seems like... My, my take on it was that it wasn't estranged Sarah. So this was like post-divorce Sarah. And that she kind of wants to get back together with him a little bit. Um, yeah, because it's mentioned in the, at the doctor's. <laughs> Louis, the chiropractor. He, she kicked him out of the house. And he's all like, she's not going to take me back. And Louis, Louis is like, she will. She's, she's just pissed at you. Yeah, she's just mad. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, you wouldn't. Decided to work for the post office after getting your PhD and stuff. And he's like, ah, you know, what are you going to do? But then it's like, you know, if your wife kicks you out and then you immediately have a, like, committed long-term live-in girlfriend, I feel like that might make the ex disinclined to invite you back. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, we were on a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but he, like, shows up with his pole and his little, like, knapsack, and he's like, I'm yep, here. Yep, yeah. I'm here, Jesse, with my stuff. My <laughs> wife kicked me out. She burned all my things. <laughs> She's burned my stuff. Um, but, and so, you know, and he definitely looks like, you know, he he's happy to see her. He wants to be with her, too. But he, he turns his face to the side, and we hear this, like, really rough, gravelly voice off camera just growl at him, dream on. Yeah. And so you're like, wait, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and, and so obviously he's very rattled um, by that. And then suddenly Lewis, our chiropractor pal, is storming into the hospital, appearing to be trying to protect Jacob. He loads Jake into a wheelchair and takes him out. And he's like yelling at all of the staff at the hospital. He's like, and, you're being barbaric. Yeah. And you're like, what's happening? Why is he? And then you're like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he kidnapping him? What's going on? Um, but he takes Jake back to the chiropractic office and is giving him his, his adjustment because mm-hmm. clearly that's what he needs. Um, and uh, while, again, what, like the first time that he's on the chiropractic table with Lewis, Lewis is like kind of um, speechifying at him, you know, like just kind of talking to him. About, well, you know, like life and, and this thing and that thing. And he's just very not preachy, but, you know, he's ju- he's just laying it all out there. Um, and this time he's sharing with Jake a theory that includes this um, idea, you know, he's talking about death and there's, and talking about hell. And he says that the only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of your life. And then you're like, Ooh, what does that mean? Something is happening. Something's afoot. Yes. Um, so next Jake is back in his apartment and he's going through a box of mementos uh, one of the things is a letter from Gabe um, that and that invites us to go, you know, we view Jake's memory of how Gabe uh, died. And he was hit by a car. Um, and in Jake's grief, the terrifying visions continue um, and he receives a call from someone claiming to know about chemical weapons testing done by the army. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, OK. No, oh, that dog agrees with me. <laughs> um, so uh, Jake uh, meets this this guy who called him on the phone, and it turns out it's the man from the bar the day that Paul died, and his name is Michael. Um, and we find out from Michael that he was a drug dealer who was making LSD um, and got arrested, and the army uh, tapped him to go to Southeast Asia to develop drugs that they were planning, um, the intention was for them to increase the aggression in U.S. soldiers, you know, try and like, make them more effective. Um, and he said that they called the, the drug that he developed, that they called it the ladder. Um, mm. and he described it as, cause it takes you straight down to the primal fear and base anger. Um, he described some of the tests that were done on Vietnamese POWs by giving them this drug, um, that the, and that they just destroyed each other. Yeah. Um, I, it, I get a little bit of a 28 days later situate vibe from that. Yeah, yeah, a little like bit. rage, the mm-hmm. rage virus or whatever. I mean, but that's a virus, not a drug, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they're tearing each other apart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Michael tells him about the single test that was done on Jacob's unit that they did it ahead of an anticipated offense or anticipated offensive. So like they knew that a fight, a firefight was coming. And so then they were like, now this is when we're going to give them the drug to see what it does to, you know, how, how they fight in this upcoming conflict. Um, But Jake's unit ended up instead killing each other instead of the Vietnamese. Yeah. Tripping balls and stabbing each other. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, not an effective uh, strategy. Having seizures or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, because at the beginning when you saw like one of them was like foaming at the mouth, like he collapsed and foamed at the mouth. And, and so there were some that were just like literally they're they're They were sick. And then there were other ones that were just like turning and shooting the soldier next to them. Yeah. Either completely incapacitated or like a nightmare. Yeah, to be, yeah, it was to not next to. not an effective tool um, for uh, for the army. What the government messed up? Shocking, I know. <laughs> I'm shocked. Drugs are bad. Man. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's fiction, right? Somebody you is know. it though? 
Um, okay, so now uh, we're on Jake's cab ride home um, from this meeting with Michael where he's got all this information and he's kind of like, you know, mind blown by, by the, the information that he's just learned. Um, and we finally see the full picture of his memory of being stabbed in Vietnam and we see that it was a fellow U.S. soldier that had done it. Because up until yeah. that point, we assumed that it was, uh, you know, an enemy, so, a right. Vietnamese person. Yeah, um, in the beginning, he also was really stunned. Yeah, he like, looked really face, shocked. His face is When shocked. he was stabbed, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, well, is he just shocked that it could happen to him? Yeah, like, he was just that surprised. Him? Yeah. Um, but no, he was shocked because it was one of his buddies that did it. Um. So then the cab uh, d- arrives and drops him off at this beautiful apartment building. And he is greeted by this livery doorman as Dr. Singer. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, what fucking reality are we in now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is happening? Because um, this is clearly not the apartment, like the trashy apartment building he lives in with Jesse. So we're mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is his place with Sarah, I guess. And, and he's just like, oh, welcome home, Dr. Singer. Like, what the hell? What, what's happening? Um, so he, he goes up to the dark apartment. He's looking for his family, but there's no one there. Um, and we hear Lewis's words again, kind of voiced over the scene where he says, if you're frightened of dying and you're holding on, you see devils tearing your life away. If you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. Um, and then a series of images from Jake's life roll by. And then all of a sudden it's morning as he's still sitting in the apartment um, he turns and he sees Gabe sitting on the steps in um, the, the stairway in the apartment. And he goes to him and Gabe hugs him and then leads him up the stairs into the light. Um, so now we're back in Vietnam and we see the medics sadly declare Jake dead um, in the medic tent uh, from his bayonet wound. Um, and then it closes with a title card that reads, It was reported that the hallucinogenic drug BZ was used in experiments on soldiers during the Vietnam War. The Pentagon denied the story. And that is the close of the film. Very good recap with lots of interruptions by your yeah, by yeah, yours but truly. We made it. We made it. <laughs> so hey Meredith, did you think it was scary? Um I thought it was hit. Victor was Oh, are we say. gonna start with him? I guess. All right, Victor, what did you think of this? Um there were definitely scary ish moments. But that was a pregnant pause. Yeah, I uh, I just did not think that the movie was very good in general. <laughs> but there were definitely scary-ish moments. So, like, you know, was it scary? Sure, a little bit. Mm-hmm. There were some super creepy parts. I think it was more creepy and psychological versus scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But did you like it? No. <laughs> no, I did not. This is a real reversal because if you'll remember when we were uh, recording the Dracula episode, you were sitting here and I was sitting there. Oh, so you liked and, it? <laughs> uh, well, I think I liked it more than you did. That's not hard. <laughs> oh my god, poor Merritt. <laughs> but you know, that's fine. Stuff that you really like, I don't like, so I'm not surprised that you dislike a movie I really like. Yeah. I tend to really enjoy stuff where there's like a drama, there's dramatic and, and it's like real life and, mm-hmm. and dealing with grief and other things. And he shies away from that. I yeah. think more like, like that, enjoys fantasy. That more. is not the reason I disliked it. 
No, but, but I'm, we'll saying, I'm, I'm not talking about this movie. <laughs> well, in this particular. is your opportunity to get I'm into wine. About, like, in right general. now? Right now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Let me grab my notes. You, you, you have the floor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, th- this this movie honestly felt like a really obnoxious, obnoxiously long episode of The Twilight Zone. Hmm. Because That's an interesting take. nothing mattered. Nothing really made sense. Some things made sense, but the majority of the movie didn't make any sense. Okay. Even during your recap, you're like, what reality is this? Why are we here? What's going on? Those are all questions why I have. Why does he keep waking up? He why, never why, why, why does he keep waking up from things that are dumb? <laughs> like, like you know, the, the movie, it, it, it never really gave us an actual plot until the very end. And it wasn't even really a plot. It was just a, oh, huh, he was dead the whole time. <laughs> That's the plot. Isn't that it? is such a horrible way. Because, you know, as, as we talked about when we were talking about Dracula, I don't like ambiguity. And there was nothing going on in this whole movie until the very end when you find out he's already dead. But he's not. But he was struggling the whole time, and the doctor said he put up a really long, long fight. So all of these events are what were happening in his brain yes. before the moment he before died. he died. But in essence, he was already dead, just like they said twice during the movie. This is just all going on in his head at a rapid pace, obviously, because it's been years and years since Vietnam in his head. Yeah. So yeah. to me, there was just so much nonsense going on that didn't make any... Like, Okay, if he was already dead, why, why are there tails on people? Why are there horns? Like, what wh- what is the point of anything that's going on in this movie besides... Those were the demons. ...essentially seeking closure? Yeah, because he wasn't... And that was the whole speech is that he wasn't giving up his life. And so what he was seeing were demons. And then once he let go of his life, then he saw the angel. What angel? His son? Yeah. Gabe. Gabe. Okay. Gabe upstairs. Yeah. So heaven, I so still think that that was just poor storytelling. <laughs> so, you know, now now that I've watched it through once and I didn't like it, if I watched it through again, mm-hmm. knowing everything that happens, I probably would enjoy it more mm-hmm. because I know. But I think that's just bad storytelling. If you have to watch a movie multiple times to really get it. It's either like an incredible movie and it's like just so mind boggling or it's just what I think this movie is, which is not very good. Ooh, and yeah. fighting words. Now, don't get me wrong. There are things I liked about it. Uh-huh. And like the chiropractor, he was funny. Mm-hmm. He, he was the one that was giving like sage advice and kind of guiding him, if you will, during him, you know, cracking his back. <laughs> um, I liked him. I, I did like Tim Robbins, like, as the actor of the character. I didn't necessarily like the character very much, but I liked Tim Robbins because he was he did a great job, at, you know, acting. Um, Elizabeth Pena, she was pretty great. And I think that I, I think that she played a very real role in this of, like, you're going nuts. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Like she said that like multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, girl, get it. <laughs> get out of this man's life and go live with someone who's not a psychopath. Um, and so, you know, th- there were things I, that I mildly liked, especially in, in the acting way. But to me, there was just so much that was going on that didn't matter. That there was no plot. That that is why I, I give this movie like a D. 
Ooh. Okay. Hmm. Fight me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have to fight you on that. Um, this movie is like one of the top scary movies as for being like a psychological horror movie, and it helped inspire. What's that movie? What's it? Um, Sleeping Hill. Silent, Silent Hill. Hill. Yes, I'm like, wait, what? Silent Hill. I was like, sleeping with the enemy. No. <laughs> um, Sleepless in Seattle. Actually, well, the guy who wrote this movie wrote, like, a lot of weird 90s movies. Like, yeah, Ghost, yeah, I was looking Fatal up Attraction, some... Indecent Proposal, and I'm like, mm-hmm. these are all weird, like, weird movies, and then Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, most of them were pretty bad. Um, <laughs> see what I mean? Yeah. I'm obnoxious. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I really like this movie. I think it's weird. It's disturbing. It, I always really I like ambiguity and having to think more and and um, like being like oh did did I just see what I thought I saw oh my gosh that's, mm-hmm. that that was really weird and unsettling and you know how I I like I don't mind amb- ambiguous yeah. endings it drives him insane to me I'm like oh okay you make up what happens in your own head and it's your own version or you can listen to somebody else where they're like, "Oh, this I think it's this." And you're like, "Oh, well, that's a good theory." Like, I it doesn't bother me. I think I know exactly why Meredith likes this movie. Do tell. Because any movie that makes sense, she can solve right away. Oh yeah. So she doesn't enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> but this was unsolvable. Yeah, she guesses because it was endings, so convoluted. She guesses ending's within 15 minutes of watching. Yeah, so thing. like that watching this for her is like everybody else watching a regular twist at the end movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she doesn't get to enjoy those because she always sees the twist coming. Yeah. So she I... needs like complete <laughs> irrational, nonsensical twists in order to make her feel titillated. That's like the rest I of us. That's what I like. I like it a pink, completely ambiguous and weird. And I'm like, oh, that's why I like David Lynch. Because I'm like, it's nonsense. Oh, finally, something I can't guess yeah, what's going to happen. Katie, you hit the nail on the head. You did. <laughs> that's fine. I, I mean, I really enjoy this movie um, because of the imagery, the film, the filmmaking. They didn't have any like kind of CGI or anything. It was just like really cool like tricks in the special effects. Puppetry. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, like speeding up the face, yeah, like the yeah. face moving and all that stuff. And then having weird, like, flappy leather wings, like, in the in the flashing strobe light as they're mm-hmm. dancing. And then, like, a weird horn coming out of his girlfriend's mouth as, like, kind of a weird ejaculation thing happening. Oh, and yeah. you're like, what the fuck's going on? And then he trips balls and then has to go into the bathtub. And it's, it's insane. And then you realize he's been fighting death the whole time. And finally, as he starts to, like deal with this grief of his son and deal with the grief of losing his life then he's able to like let go and then essentially go up the ladder essentially to Mm -hmm. heaven with his son and I don't know to me I think it's like a really a scary movie I mean what's more frightening than death like that's probably one of the top things fears of people across the world like death and the journey and you know, how you can let go of your own life and and accept it. So I think it's really interesting because it's like a, a little introspective and um, kind of shows somebody what it might be like. Maybe not really, but maybe a little bit. You don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, who can say? Yeah. And it's not like anyone can tell anyone else, like, hey, the last time I died, this happened. <laughs> so I think it's very creative and it's not something that you can just find in any kind of movie. Um 
I think it's really highly original. That's one of the reasons I really enjoy it because uh, I don't really think I've seen many other movies like this before. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but... Um, I mean, so, d- don't yeah. get me wrong. It, it was definitely like a psychological mindfuck. But, you know, even without not knowing the ending during the movie... Wait, without not knowing w- without the ending knowing the ending excuse me well, I know. too like, many wait, negatives I'm too so many negatives. without not knowing the face what <laughs> without knowing the ending it, you know it, it was it was certainly a trip but and the movie was painful and depressing which can be good but to me there was just no real plot and that's what i want in a good movie is mm. for me to to follow along and for me to like be guessing what's happening next with this one there was no guessing which is probably why meredith likes it mm. And, you know, there were just so many questions that, like, you know, the, the guy in the corner of the party with the head spinning mm-hmm. around. Why? Who? D- does it matter? <laughs> Apparently not. No, um, it's supposed wh- to why? be, like, unsettling and, like, no, I think it matters in the fact that that's his, like, weird things that he sees shows him something is wrong. Whatever well, his I mean, reality is, is something's yeah, wrong. All of this, you know, if this is all what is happening inside his corporal brain as he's fighting against physical death, it's essentially a dream. And that's why you're saying, like, the, the time period that it covers um, being so long in, in his perception of it, but really only this brief period of time actually before he dies in Vietnam. Because I remember reading one time years ago that, like, you can have a dream that feels like it lasted for half an hour, and in real time, it's like 10 seconds long. Yeah. Because that's how the synapses in your brain work. Mm-hmm. And so this whole, like, this whole journey that he's going on seems like such a long time for him because it's only happening in his brain. It only exists in his brain. And so anything that is just random or doesn't make sense, it, if you think of it in the context of it's just a dream, it's just his brain pulling things from all corners and putting it into this, this story it's constructing as his, you know, mind is fighting death. And a way out. But think, you don't, too. you can't know that or understand that until you get to the end of the movie and you realize and ref- that, that and reflect, he is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that you, you make a good point that then, you know, watching it the first time and then you get to the end and you go, oh, then to go back and watch it again, you'd be like, okay. Um, but yeah, I could see that if that's not your jam, you wouldn't find it enjoyable the first time around. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I read a lot of articles from filmmakers and, and other people saying that this is a very similar to uh, maybe The Sixth Sense, like kind of understanding at the end, like why, what's going on? Why is his wife doing this to him, ignoring him, like with this reality? But like. Of course, mm-hmm. this movie has far more disturbing images than... Yeah, well, Sixth and Sense. in Sixth Sense, the symbolism was deliberate. Like, the red items that you find out, like, you know, the red doorknob, the red, like, all of that, like, the significance of that. Um, whereas this, I feel like the the scary stuff, it was, just, it was intentionally random. Yes. Like, yeah. all of the things that he's seeing that are freaking him out are as out of nowhere as they could possibly be. You know, the horns, the tails, the crazy face, the faceless people in a car, like, and even just the thing of like, you know, he's trying to get out of a subway station and the gates are chained. And so he has to go. Which is terrifying on its own. So everything, (laughs) all of the weird things he's experiencing are deliberately random with no meaning at all. Mm. Whereas in The Sixth Sense, the if you go back, once you know what happened, when you mm-hmm. go back and rewatch it, you see that they're, they were all very intentional and meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I was just going to quickly say what in in religion, Jacob's Ladder is in a lot of various religions. Christianity, Judaism, and a few other places you can find it. But it says... uh, Via Wikipedia, my favorite, the <laughs> most favorite biblical source, scholar <laughs> is a uh, Jacob's ladder is a ladder leading to heaven that was featured in a dream the biblical biblical patriarch Jacob had during his flight from his brother in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like I, I, you kind of go into it if you have any kind of idea of what that means. Like this might be something related to death or something like that. Uh, I also wanted to quickly mention that they um, in the movie when they were kind of like editing it and it kind of was in limbo for a while because they almost scrapped the project a few times and um the in the original ending was what we saw and then um it said in they did also an an they wanted to do an alternative ending instead Mm -hmm. where um jacob has to go fight jesse in her demonic form before he's able to descend into heaven wow i am so happy they did not do that because that sounds really stupid but that sounds like it would have been a sick bonus feature on the dvd (laughs) yeah i would watch that i would watch it still you know but um anyway i thought that was interesting i mean this movie's a cult classic it just is and people either love it like me or think it's trash. Yeah. Like uh like Victor here. But <laughs> like going back to what you're saying about the um the religious significance of the phrase Jacob's ladder, um, which, you know, Catholic as I am, yeah, I was like, I don't I don't know. I know it's a, a Bible thing, but I never knew what it was and it's like, okay, well there's not really much to know. It's a ladder to heaven that Jacob dreamed about. Okay. Um, but it's interesting to think about the movie using that ladder symbol in two ways because it was the description that they used for the drug mm-hmm. that was supposed to take them down into the depths of their like base Hell, animalistic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and so that. They gave them that drug. That ladder took them down to hell, essentially, which is what led to him getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also at the end, you see the reverse where he you know, goes up the stairs. But it, that's essentially the ladder to heaven is what mm-hmm. he finds at the end. So they use it like in, in those two ways, which I think is very artful. I thought it was really interesting. But <laughs> Oh, I forgot to ask Katie. Katie, mm. did you think this was scary? Um, I like Victor thought that some of the like moments um, and images and everything, like if you weren't being annoyed that they didn't make sense and they didn't belong, <laughs> they were really scary. The guy moving his face really fast, really fair. And the, the moment when Elizabeth Pena's eyes go black and she's got the fangs and everything. Because you can't even, it's almost not fair to call them jump scares um, because they weren't cheap. But you're just, you're, you're, but Every they were shocking. Happened, you're, you're like, oh, like, yeah. it's not like a ju- you're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. What, what the hell is going on? And I think some of the scary stuff was scarier because it didn't make any sense. So you couldn't you couldn't predict. You know, it's like like a, a super basic horror movie where it's like, oh, he's walking into a quiet room and you're like, OK, well, something's going to come from behind that door. It's a cat. Or he's no, going gonna- to. He's going to, like, <laughs> turn, the, you know, like the whole when they open the medicine chest to get something out and then they close it and there's something behind them in the mirror. Like those those things that are, like, very All predictable. All tropes. Yeah. Yes. But in this, like, none of that, they weren't rational they, and they weren't predictable. And so that I think that the couple of moments in it that were kind of standard scary movie-ish visuals were scarier because of that. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that the um, the complexity, I'll call it, of the story 
I feel like I'm your guys' therapist. I'm like helping you work through this. It's fine. Um, <laughs> he plays movies that I fall asleep, and I, that's just I'm like. I'm and then so you wake sorry. up and go, "That sucked." Kind of. <laughs> I'm like, oh, not for me. So I'm I'm not like mad. I'm just like, okay, not for you. I'm mad. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> not really. I just wouldn't watch this or recommend it to anybody. Uh, you know, to be fair, I probably wouldn't either. I, I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it again. I might recommend it to somebody because it is interesting, but I wouldn't expect that person to want to watch it a second time either. I think yeah. maybe if someone was like a David Lynch fan or somebody who enjoyed a movie like Midsummer or some shit, maybe oh, they'd like God, to watch that movie it. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? I'm just saying, like movies. That's that the are, first time I met Katie. I think it yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know, but we I'm all just watched saying, like, Midsummer together in the theater. <laughs> I told uh, uh, Tiffany, my school secretary, I told about um, that told being how they'll watch that. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned actually this movie to Tiffany too. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, that movie freaked me out. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy. And then um, I was like, well, Victor thought it was dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you saw it for the first time? Uh, I was in college. Okay. I was in college. Because so. I was like, if you saw it when it first came out, when you were I like seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'd be like, yeah, you probably thought it was pretty freaking scary. No, no, I did not. I had never even heard of this movie. Until you were like, we're watching this, and you're gonna, and you were like, I'm gonna be on the, you're gonna be on the episode because you've never seen it. Yeah, and then I, we watched it, and I looked. Well, at how him was I supposed to know it was gonna be such a turd? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I liked it. Whatever. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, we've all been there. It's just like, like the movie basically just lied to us constantly. So. That's annoying. Who cares? I mean, it's one thing to be... Isn't it all movies? It's are one all thing... my movies lying to us well, all the time? Oh my God. You don't have to get that literal. <laughs> but it's just like, it, it just tries to put you in so many different directions that to me, there's no cohesiveness. There's no plot. It, like you said, it's just all random mm-hmm. nonsense that's happening. And to me, that doesn't make it good. And, you know, you know, trying to tie it up in a nice little bow at the end of, oh, it's just like in his head right before he dies in Vietnam and none of this actually well, happened. Wasn't there some other show it's that like, did the on. same thing where it was like super mysterious and complex for a lot? Was it Lost? And then at the end it's like, oh, God, they were I dead. I hated Lost. They were just dead. I only oh. watched like five seasons. I've never I seen like it, so but I, I had time. heard that that. I watched it. I thought it was fine. <sighs> but it does. It, it When you look at it, you know, when you, you simplify like it peaks. to that level, it does seem like a cop out. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds um, me of Twin Peaks a little bit, like weird, disturbing, strange, and he. That's also made by David Lynch. Yeah, I just like weird, disturbing. This might be stuff. good if you were on drugs. I'm sure it would be. Were well, you on drugs when you saw it? No, likely. <laughs> she probably was. What the hell? Yeah, she was oh, she's she's like, I'm really knowledge. getting ganged up on here. <laughs> no, it's fine. I have, I have people who love movies. They have my back. So you guys can suck it. <laughs> I'm 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 including it. Oh, <laughs> good you got day. me in trouble, Victor. <laughs> I know. Too bad. Um, but yeah, like like the <laughs> he's movie. Just, he's just mad at me because he tried to make he made me watch that Mad Max movie, and I kept falling. Thunder Road. I, yeah, I felt. Well, no, the newer one. The new one. Yeah. And I fell asleep every night consecutively. Every time he turned it on, three nights in a row. Until I finally watched it. Was so That's mad. pretty passive aggressive right so there. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, and babe, put it on again. Movie. And she just thought it was dog shit. And, you know, it's whatever. But like See, in, in, so this movie, <laughs> in this movie, it's like, like you know, he you're decided, being... He's like, you like this? And he's like rubbing his hands. 
and twisting his mustache. <laughs> like, to, to, you know, stick and it to me. And then he tied you up and put you across the train tracks? No, to, like, be mad about my movie. Oh, okay. So he's only acting like he hated Jacob's Ladder to get back at you for falling no, asleep during the movie. <laughs> that I was like a year really, and a half ago. It was a long it's con. Like, nah, he really didn't like it. I'm not that smart. Um, no, it's just like there was just constant manipulation of like, which one's the real reality? And yeah. then, oh, none of them really are. It's, I don't know. I was just annoyed. You know, it, throughout the whole movie, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to follow along. You can't really. And then at the end, it's like, oh, so so the whole thing was like the fight for your life. You want to stay alive. But like, guess what? Like, you're going to die. You just need to accept it or, you know, whatever you want to say is the end, because it is still a little ambiguous at the end as far as like what was really happening in his in his mind. Like, the only thing you have is that speech from the medic. Yeah. Who's like, he fought a hard fight, but he's dead. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, did any of that really happen? Is this even really happening? Like, it's so ambiguous, and it doesn't tell you anything. That so you want a sequel. What that's what you're oh, saying. Yeah, you totally want a sequel to, to explain this. Yeah, definitely. Well, no, because um, I, was I was just watching recently, um, you know, not, not Proud to Admit, but the I Do Love It is the remake of Flatliners. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I mean, I love the original, but I, I also really love the remake. Um, but that is, it's something that like, I, I would correlate to this story, even though this story didn't actually go into this depth, but that idea of the actual, like the, um, electrical impulses that happen in the human brain and, you know, the chemicals that, um, exist when your body undergoes certain traumas or in the moment of death, like, was that like sick, your body loses six pounds when you die and nobody can explain why, like all that bullshit where, you know, people that actually try and explore the like physiological um, process of death and what it might actually consist of. Mm -hmm. And then the whole thing with flatliners of them, like intentionally killing themselves so they can experience it and then bringing themselves back so that they can tell the tale or whatever. Um, But yeah, I just, I, at the end, I just, I'm like, oh, so it was just like, just a, a crazy fever dream yeah basically yeah or well i mean i mean maybe letting go <laughs> you know it doesn't no, really I mean, not maybe i mean it just jumped around it was like it was demons and then it was government conspiracy and then it was like existential religious like it, it was and that, that's what's in my notes are those things and being like why <laughs> what is the point why not what is the, like i don't know it's just like the constant manipulation within the movie because of his dreams, which one's real? Like, I'm not going to repeat myself again. That That's just how I feel. It's like, to we, me, we validate I was your mad at the end. Oh, I was upset. like that. And I wanted my two hours back. That's not the goal. And I couldn't get it. It's impossible. Mm. The time is gone. I mean, but it's not... It's <laughs> and Meredith's like smiling next to me like, yeah, right? And I'm like, <laughs> No. No, wrong. <laughs> you know, there are some filmmakers where that's their goal is to produce a film that when you're done watching it, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> right, but most of those make sense at the end as far as like... Not really. Th- but there was like a plot. And nope. maybe at the end it was ambiguous. But yeah. like there was like cohesiveness within the story. So he needs his his ambiguousness early is yeah, what he's I saying. I don't understand though because you like American Psycho, right? And that's ambiguous. You no. don't know if he actually really did that shit. Was it his head? 
Yeah, you I mean, you don't know. But it was a good story. This was just a hodgepodge of demons and weird faces and trying to be murdered. And was Christian it the government? Bale was it is like, hotter than know. Tim Robbins? And Christian Bale. I mean, look at the, look at his butt. Come on, you know I'm a butt guy. Look at his butt all it, it's, day. It's a good butt. Yeah, he, he's a he's a good looking man. He is. Yeah. Nobody's. Uh, why don't no we could is. we could stop on that note because we all agree. No, yeah. no one's arguing with you. <laughs> Finally, some common ground. <laughs> yeah, Christian Bale's butt. Um, but no, like. To me, there was way too much in this one. I can deal with some ambiguity, you know, kind of like, um, what was that movie? One of the, like the first episode you guys did, or second episode. It follows. It follows. Mm -hmm. It's a little ambiguous at the end as far as like, is it dead? Mm -hmm. Is it not? What's going to happen? I'm not, we're not going to have a sequel. So fuck you. But at the same time, I'm like, it was still a great story throughout. So I didn't hate that movie. I really liked that movie. I was just mad for five seconds at the end where I was like, come on. Mer Meredith's giving him quite a look right now. That's yeah. And that's fine. You know, I don't know. He just doesn't like ambiguous endings and I don't care about it. This is a bother. But the whole least. movie was ambiguous. Mm. It was all nonsense. It's fine. I'm, at this point, I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity to recommend to our listeners that they play back this episode with a drinking game that every time we use the word ambiguous. <laughs> They'll be hammered. Shots, 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 shots. <laughs> well, no, because we didn't start saying ambiguous until the end. So the, the first half of the episode, it's every time he wakes up. Yeah. When he yeah, wakes yeah, up. That could actually be fun, like watching the movie. Watch the movie. Every time he jolts awake, take a shot. Yeah. Because then or, or you'd be wasted, but probably wouldn't get alcohol poisoning. But you'd also oh. probably enjoy the movie because you're drunk. Yeah, and by the end... Yeah, you'll actually like You'd be it. like, it didn't make sense, but it was probably because I was hammered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I anyway, feel for you, Meredith, because like, I, I like a, a lot of really bad movies that other people Same. tell me are bad. Same. Um, and so I have felt... Uh, in my own relationship with my husband, um, targeted <laughs> and victimized <laughs> by his opinion of movies that I hold very dear. Um, so I, I, I feel you. It's fine. He's shown me many movies where I'm like, really? You like this? This is very bad. And, <laughs> I, I'm the and, first to admit, I like, like a lot of really bad and movies. And he's like, I like it. It reminds me of Friends when he like Joey's like eating that the tort with like meat yep, and the whipped yep. cream and everyone's like this is disgusting. He's like, like jam I like it. good, Just, like, shoveling <laughs> whipped cream mouth. good, beef good, <laughs> onions good, and everyone's like that's disgusting. And he's like I like it. Just like matter of fact, that's sometimes. Well, well here's the difference: is I may like a lot of really bad movies, but I understand that they're not good. But I'm very entertained the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like for example, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. There's a Dungeons was horrible. Movie. Oh yeah, and a new one's bad. coming out with Chris Pine. Oh no! But the, like, it was a bad movie, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was fun. It like as a D and D player my whole life, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that movie. I understand it was not good, but like Jeremy Irons is in it, mm -hmm. and I love Jeremy Irons. To me, he can do no wrong. Yeah. And he was like the bad guy, or like the bad guys. Like you know, it, it was just amazing. But I, I mean, understand. I love Fast and the Furious movies. Oh no. So we won't get into that. <laughs> That's but, my other podcast. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> R.I.P. So like, Paul Walker. I, I'm free, I, I will oh, no. freely admit that I don't like. I don't. I really like a lot of really bad movies, but I also understand that the, I understand if you hate them mm -hmm. because they're not good. But things that are really good that Meredith hates, that I'm like, how are you falling asleep? This is like action. There's like a lot of stuff going on, and she just passes out. I'm like, <laughs> what is the matter with you? 
Are you narcoleptic? Like, you're just passing out? But, like, she doesn't do it during the day. It's just when we're watching a movie that I like. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. Uh, I think we're going to need a nice long break before he's on another episode. Yeah, and may- maybe okay. maybe we won't do one where I didn't like it. Unless, said, unless we all I, I tried to like invite it. Tony to come, and he's like, I told, I told him we did that movie, like I said. And he's like, oh, that was a good one. And I was like, ah. Oh. You should be on the podcast and not Victor. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes you need a little adversity on the podcast. It, eh. can't, it can't be you guys, you two just agreeing all the time. There's been like, what, one episode where we, you disagreed? About we, Dracula. Yeah, I think it was Dracula. Oh, yeah, and I was on that one. How about yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Well, but I think we have a, a consistent um, status of disagreement where I think things are scary and nothing scares her. Yeah. But that's not really a disagreement. That's no. just differing reactions to a movie. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other part of this show is that, w- what about showing it to your children? Um, all the titties? Oh, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a body. Yeah. People in the United States freak out because of nudity, and it's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's I something agree. that obviously, like, that. small children, you're like, well, yeah, yeah, maybe not. Especially, like, our household. I, I found out when my kids were little that I never would have guessed that I'm particularly modest but somehow <laughs> we we raised our kids in a household without intending to in any way in like a very physically private household uh-huh. like i haven't seen my kids undressed since they were probably six years old yeah and they've never seen me or their dad undressed you know it's like oh i can't get privacy in the bathroom i'm like you close the door and then they don't come in like i don't understand <laughs> And we would go to the book clubs meetings and people would be talking about like, oh, like, you know, teaching daughters about periods. And they're like, well, you know, she sees me with my tampons. I'm like, she does? What the fuck? Like, that's not, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and I didn't, I didn't realize that I was the, the uh, rarity in that department until yeah. I started talking to the majority of other moms that I've met. Um so the you know her boobs they're out but they're just boobs so for like little kids if they're not used to seeing boobs you might be like that's not something i want to show my kids but i got to a point you know particularly with grace i was like well you're a you're a female you're gonna have boobs so why shouldn't you be able to see boobs you know it's like watching a sex scene is different than just seeing nudity right um and so yeah with this i don't think that um it's necessarily inappropriate, but I think it would be pretty scary for a younger viewer, especially like the the few like the images, the um, the uh, asylum scene. Yeah, um, that would have been pretty scary. Just body parts laying about. Yeah, um, but and I don't know how much a younger viewer would enjoy it. Um, no, I don't think they'd like it. Yeah, because it's like it. Obviously, it could be confusing to an adult, so it would definitely be confusing to a young person. I think. Well, I mean, a lot of the imagery reminds me a lot of like Clive Barker, too. Yeah. Like disturbing and weird, and but like maybe not everyone's cup of tea. Like yeah. just kind of off-putting, I guess. So, yeah. so I take it you didn't watch it with Grace then. No. No, and I, I didn't. It's it's hard to get on her calendar sometimes. Like she's so when I'm on a deadline, if I'm like I gotta watch this this week, I'm like yeah, it's it's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna find a time when we can we can watch it together. Um, and you probably wouldn't recommend it to her. No. Yeah. Um, but I I'm sure that well she she's very stoic. 
um, with her reactions to things in general. Like, even if she really likes something, she doesn't, like, you know, bubble over with joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I imagine her response to this would have been like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of a parent recommendation, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Say recommend it. Nope. nope. No. And, not, and not as a judgment on the quality of the film at all, but just that it, it could potentially be fairly scary. It is a little gory with some boobies and it would be pretty confusing to a kid. No. That would I mean, I think it's, it'd be like, I wouldn't recommend Hellraiser to a child either. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's got some... Well, Grace did watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that, I mean, that movie's not good. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, it's, <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's bad in a good way, though. Right. No, I don't know. It's just, it's weird and cheesy. and But, like, I enjoy the imagery, I Who guess. was on the Hellraiser episode with us? Tony. Was that, that was the one Tony did? Yeah. Okay, because I was like, that that was a disagreement episode as well, I think. Well, because the only reason that we did it was because Lorena picked it, but then she couldn't come. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I ended like, up being the advocate for it. Yeah, I mean, I was like, it's it was just really cheesy yeah. to me, but then I thought the Clay Barker is a master of special effects, yeah. so anything he does is terrifying. So it was like weird mishmash of cheesy and like what in the hell is going on and like terrifying. Yeah. So I mean I enjoyed it though, that that movie in particular. But I don't know. So interesting, <laughs> lively conversation. Uh, Victor will be moving out tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I say good day. Good the day to you. The podcast will have to end. That's yep. fine. I don't know. I think click click save. Click save. Clicking save. Uh, next time we're talking about. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm, the original. The OG 1974 uh, version. And we'll, we'll be talking about there's a lot of uh, sequels. Lots of sequels. Sequels, sequels, and remakes. Yeah. So um, we're recording next week, so there not be may not be like, you know, Katie may not be offering a ton of uh, recaps or anything like she did for paranormal activity. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to have the the 3 minute synopsis of every single uh, sequel made cuz there have been a lot and I only have a week to do it, but I will yeah. do my best, yeah, yeah, folks. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would so. like to air a slight grievance. Oh no. Maybe it's not maybe that's another not one? the right wording. Yeah, right, another one. Another <laughs> one for this episode. Um, you know, th- this is such a great podcast and these ladies keep doing these obscure ass movies, <laughs> and I'm trying to I'm trying to get their. They don't care about this, but I do. I want to get their viewer count up. I want you you all to really love this show, and to keep listening and to refer to your friends. So I've been trying to get them to do some heavy hitters, some really big time movies. Well, you don't. So I want anyone that's listening to this that's gotten this far into this ridiculous episode yeah. <laughs> with all of my nonsense. To send them an email with your favorite horror movie that you would recommend to all your friends so they can listen to this at the, to this show. It's I'm not scared, you're scared at gmail.com. Send in your recommendations of some heavy hitting horror movies that you love the most, and we will try and pick some that I will force these ladies to do whether or not they want to do it. I mean, you're saying we picked Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it's a heavy hitter, because we've done two obscure ones. Finally! It hasn't been that long since we've done a You know, they only did The Shining because I was yelling at them Paranormal to do a Paranormal Activity good movie. is a massive, like, box office success. What are you yeah. talking about? Hey, 
how many big hitters have you done versus how many random off, which is great. I, I mean, would that, say I think it's that's about 50-50. I think it's safe uh, to say 50-50. I think it's more like 30-70. The 30, whole 70. Conjuring universe, those were huge. We've done Scream. We've done, like you said, The Shining. There's been like, this is like the 30th episode or something. Yeah. 15-15. Mm, Lucky Shines. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> like you have some random ass movie, and that's good. Krampus, I, mean, I think it's Krampus? great that you are doing Krampus. the obscure ones. I just think you got to get some more heavy hitters, get some more listeners, so that they'll go watch these random ass ones that you've chosen, like Jacob's Ladder, which I had never even heard of. Okay, but to be fair, we d- I did specifically say the reason we went for Texas Chainsaw Massacre this time is I was like, Victor's gonna tell us we need to do a more pop, a more well known movie, especially for October. It's not October yet. Well, exactly. Get it figured out. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're, we're being chastised. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. I love you both, but you know, you got you got to do, do some big ones. Do you see my face? Ones. How upset I am? Yeah, you know, your facial expression has like, not changed. Not, one like, quit. Not, nothing I do can change Meredith's. She is unflappable. Or, yeah, she is. I'm it's, just like, it's fine. She's yeah. like, I'm gonna do what I want, and I don't care what you think. You giant Italian. You know, douche. That's why you love that meme of the dog sitting at the table in the burning house. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I'm everything's like, this is, fine. I don't care. This is fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> but anyway, send in your recommendations. Right? Yes. I mean, is that okay with you, yeah, ladies? That people I would, suggest? Yes, I would love evidence that people listen. Exactly. And yeah. especially this far into the episode. It's been, you know, we've been on this for yeah. over an I, hour. Honestly, I feel like the, the the path that this episode has taken is really reflective of the path of the movie Jacob's Ladder itself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we captured the essence of Jacob's Meandering, Ladder. Yelling, in the meeting. <laughs> Yeah, screaming, nonsensical. What was the up point? From unconsciousness. Why was she talking about tampons that came there, out of nowhere? There has been more of a plot in this episode than there was in Jacob's Ladder. But yeah, I'm Get not out. scared. You're scared at gmail.com. You know, yes. send in your recommendations. Let's see if we get anybody to even send in one. Yeah. And then in the meantime, watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 so that you're ready to have... I mean, I don't think you can spoil that um, anymore these days. Probably not. It's not a complex concept. It's a guy with a chainsaw. But at this um, point, you should have at least seen reference, cultural references Cultural references. Yeah. Yeah, It's a guy with a chainsaw. Sorry. It'll be good. Yeah. So enjoy and... uh, See you next time. See ya, I guess. (laughs) I might not see you ever again because I'm a horrible guest. Get out. Bye. Bye. Bye.